Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The NFL is still discussing their protocols and how to return to training camp, which is supposed to start July 28th. And they've decided, well, nothing. Can players opt out? And how much risk are they taking? And we talk sports radio with Tom Jones, my former radio partner and longtime columnist of the Tampa Bay Times, on this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. Hey, uh, tomorrow we're going to have our popular mailbag segment, and all you have to do is send us your questions, talk about anything, the Bucks, the Rays, the Lightning, you name it. Just do that by hitting us up on Twitter at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. All right, Tom Jones joins us now. Back to back. Here we go with uh, my Back and better partner. than ever. How about all the – wait, just real quick before we get rolling here. Yeah. Just want to ask you, how about – how about your guy, Keyshawn Johnson, man, taking over to more? Because when you said, we, you always say back and better than ever. That's the old Mike and Mike line. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're completely tearing up ESPN radio. With well, Golick is done. Uh, I guess he's going to do some college football maybe, but he's yeah. done with the morning show, so he gets to sleep in. That's nice for him. Right. Trey Wingo, by the way, hated getting up that early from what I understand. Yeah, he didn't like the lifestyle. That's what I heard. Like, yeah. He hated it from day one. Kind of like you. So he's he's the Tom Jones. The show. Of, of I scenario. love doing the show. I hate it. Oh, you hated getting up though. You're a I night owl. I hate getting up because I'm a night owl. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I love the show. The, the, so the you show. you were up early because you were out late is what I usually right. say. Um, Just think about how good I'd have been if I'd have like gone to bed. Early. I know if you gotten like two three hours I was sleep like I did. As it was because <laughs> I got two three hours a night and you were like dragging. So that's right. go yeah. figure. That's true. Um, but yeah, but that's your guy Keyshawn. I think he's. I don't know what to look. I haven't. I haven't. I haven't talked to him. Um, I don't know the other cast of characters. One is well, Jay is, Williams. Jay Williams, who's I know Jay, but I don't think Jay is. You know, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen Jay on shows, and he's good on basketball. But like, I don't know if he can talk all sports, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and then I don't know the anchor all that well, although I saw him on, on Sports Center the other night. Well, Keyshawn, I mean, I guess he's yeah, been doing Z- radio. Mahente, I think, is the guy's. The yeah, guy. yeah, man, yeah. And Keyshawn's been doing radio in L.A. with mm-hmm. some degree of success. Mm-hmm. The idea, though, that he's going to have to move, which he is, um, back east, yeah. you know, which is not where he thrives. Um, Does he have a son that's playing football somewhere? Well, he had one at Nebraska. I think he's okay. done. I don't, okay. I don't know that he yeah. played. He's got young kids now, too. He's, like, remarried, and, and this is, yeah. like, his second batch or whatever. But okay. um, but he's uh, – I guess he did well in L.A. On, a, on, a, on his radio program for ESPN. And so somehow he's he's hot again. I don't know how this happened. Like, I really I, don't. I, I, I want to ask Steve. I want to ask Steve because Steve, obviously, a radio programmer for a long time. Sorry, I'm just taking over your podcast here. With no, I hope so. Go ahead. Uh, I'd like the night on. So, so what's the reaction, do you think, going to be, Steve, of the general public out there with no more Mike Golick, who, you know, he did it for 20 years. And, of course, the old joke was that Mike and Mike was called Mickey and Mickey because they were very 
PG rated and uh, didn't want to offend advertisers. And it, some people thought the show was boring, but it was consistent and it was a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think, I mean, what, what's the reaction going to be from people? I mean, I don't, I don't know that it was a great show, but I think people might miss it, don't you? I think they'll, yeah, I think they'll miss it. I mean, look, people, people don't know what they like. They like what they know. And they knew Mike and Mike for years. And now, you know, they, Greenberg moved on to the TV, although now he's back at ESPN Radio doing an afternoon right. show as part of this. But, yeah, I mean, habits are important. I mean, that's, that's why when you, in, in radio particularly, if you bring a new show and you bring in a new talent that the market doesn't know, you've got to give it 18 months before yeah. you even know if it's going to work or not. Because, yeah. it, because television anchors. I mean, you know, ask television news people, you know, your 10 o'clock news, your 11 o'clock news, whatever. If, if an anchor on there changes their hairstyle, people get upset. It's, they, they like what they know. They don't know what they like. They like what they know. They li- right. I, I, I watch the 11 o'clock news, and it's the same person in that seat every time. And it becomes a habit for me. And, and sometimes sure. I don't even know why they like it. And, and usually it's because it's good and it appeals to them and whatever, but they can't yeah. even tell you. It's, it's more habit-forming than anything. So, But, well, but ESPN, ESPN Radio has always been, with maybe the exception of Lebetard's show, ESPN Radio, the whole goal of ESPN Radio is to promote ESPN television. Right. I mean, that, that's, that's purely what they care most about on that. They want to make some money and, and get good ratings, but it's really about promoting what's coming up tonight on ESPN television. This game, this documentary, this whatever. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. the goal of ESPN Radio is promote ESPN television. Well, I've heard – I saw Rick, and uh, you may, I don't know if you know uh, Golick at all. I've dealt with him a couple of times, and I've heard like, – there was all these tributes, and, and everybody talked about what a classy guy Mike Golick is, and he is. He's, the times I've dealt with him, I think he's great. I thought the show was okay, and I've never – this is going to sound insulting, and I don't mean it to be, but I've never woken up saying, I got to hear what Mike Golick has to say about this. I've never had that. But at the same time, I'll put him on and I'll listen to him. Like, I, I've never, like, oh, this guy's a clown. I never thought that either, you know. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, he, the Wingo and him weren't as good together, and they had Mike Golick Jr. on, so good for Mike Golick Jr. Um, you know Andrew Marchand, who writes for the New York Post, is one of the better TV writers, I guess. Yeah, he's great. Um, he wrote one of the best leads I've heard about this, and I, and I just I'm going to read it because it was so good I can't do it justice. But he said if Mike and the Mad Dog, which of course was, you know, the big New York show Chris at Russo their peak, and, yeah, yeah, Russo and, and Francesa, yep. right? And uh, he says if Mike and Mad Dog at their peak were fine, were a fine restaurant in Little Italy, one that served five and a half hour meal with just the right combination of sauces and spices for a unique taste. ESPN Radio's Mike and Mike were Applebee's. This well, is meant as a compliment but, to but the duo. It is. It's a compliment because he said, you know, uh, they worked all around the country, the prototype show mm-hmm. for its time with a polished broadcaster and an ex-player. You, you know, you didn't hear what they said, but if you did, it was comfortable and easy. And for what ESPN wanted it to be for so long, it was ideal 20-minute commute from suburbia. Mm-hmm. It, it was something you liked. It wasn't something that you had to have or that you, you know, uh, was the greatest radio, but it was comfort food. And it played you know everywhere. I mean? it was, and it plays everywhere. And you, rarely, you went there and you city. rarely had like a bad meal. Mm-hmm. It, wasn't, exactly. it wasn't the greatest meal ever, but, but it was it consistent. Was never bad. Yeah. Right. That's it was an consistent. Old, that's an old trick we used to play on host. 
you know, occasionally, uh, you know, I'd go to other markets and they'd bring in program directors from other markets to come in, listen to your station and, and talk to talent. And, you know, it was just kind of an extra set of ears and some coaching. And the first thing you would ask somebody is, you know, whether it's news talk or sports talk, it didn't matter. And, you know, you start asking them, tell me about your show. And, you know, they'd go through their proverbial, you know, my opinion, my, you know, and you're like, well, you know, could I play this show in, you know, say you're in whatever market, Atlanta. Could I play this show in Nashville? Oh, yeah, this show would work in Nashville. It's like, well, then you got a problem because you're doing a show for Atlanta. We're not doing a show for Nashville. Now, ESPN, though, is trying to do a show for the whole country. And so it that's has to right. be more milk toast and, and, and that comfort, the comfort food. That, that, actually, Marsha, that's a perfect description of what Mike and Mike was. Mm-hmm. That is really good. I remember one time somebody wrote, <laughs> talking about food, and they were talking about Phil Mushnick from the New York Post. He was a, just a he's a bitter he could be bitter just like just pessimistic really you know anybody like that yeah maybe but here's the funny part was that somebody <laughs> said one time it's like if you read the if you read the new york times and read the column you know back then like it was like george vesey or whatever yeah um and they would say uh you know that's like that's like eating a fine steak at one of the finest steak restaurants and much looks like eating a greasy cheeseburger but you know what <laughs> i like greasy cheeseburgers too mm-hmm. I, like yeah. that. I, I like to eat those every now and then yeah, so, there are certain days where you know, a little bit of grease brings you back, if you know what I mean. Right, right. So, anyway, I just wanted, yeah, I, I, yeah. I like I said, I didn't mean to hijack the podcast. Well, and, and, and like, no, no. you know, Mike and the Mad Dog would not have worked in a lot of markets around the country. No. That was a New York show, period. And, and yeah. it's why it was so popular and so good and, and, and probably the greatest sports talk show ever. I mean, you know, they were a perfect combination for New York because they were New York. Mm-hmm. That show was all, that show was New York. And that's that's ultimately what you want out of a radio station, whether it's WDAE or name the sports station around the country. I mean, KFAN in Minneapolis is one of the best sports stations in the country. It is Minnesota. I, I worked yeah. in that it market. Is. Tom I knows that market. I, that yeah, that station is that, so good. It is so Minnesota, and it's more than just sports. It's Minnesota. Right, and if it and if you played it here or somebody from here listened to that show, you'd be like, I don't get it. Why Absolutely it, not. This show so the, the ticket in Detroit. The ticket in Detroit's the same way. The ticket um, in Detroit. The uh, in Chicago, it's the same thing. Like mm-hmm. you listen to good radio in Chicago. Yeah, listen to the score yeah. or you know yeah. WMVP to a lesser a thousand, extent. But, but, yeah, but yeah, there are stations yeah, around the country where if an outsider listens, you don't want them to get it. It's okay. That's the way yeah. your station should be. Now, the talent that thinks they're good enough to go syndicated doesn't want that, but. For a station, you know, when, when you have a station, you don't want other people to get the show or to get the station unless they've been there for a while and know the market and, and know the people because it's, you want it to be localized. That's what, it, that's what local radio or local television is. I mean, and it's, right. it's so good um, when you go to these cities and you listen to this, this sports radio that mm-hmm. um, I remember I was in Chicago one day. This is an example. Like, even the callers are better. <laughs> like, um, it's, it's, so there was they were doing like a Saturday show, right? And Madden was trying to get into the playoffs, and and you know they were leading the division, but only by about like four games. And they had a big lead at at, at the All Star break, and it was kind of winding down the season. It's like, ooh, are they going to make the playoffs? Right. Well, ultimately, they made it as a wild card. They lost to Milwaukee, lost the division, and then you know it went south on Madden in a hurry. <clears throat> but a White Sox fan calls in, and like call after callers complain about, eh, the Cubs. I don't know. I don't know about the Cubs, you know, and Madden. I, I don't think they're going to do it this year. I don't I don't know. And so um, this one White Sox, he says, let me get this straight. <laughs> he goes, just coming from a White Sox fan's point of view, he goes, remember years ago we won a World Series in Chicago with the White Sox? He goes, where's Isaac Guillen right now? 
Does anybody want that guy? Does anybody care about that guy? He goes, we're beating up the manager of a team that lost for 107 years, and this guy wins a World Series, and he's in first place. But because he doesn't have a big enough lead <laughs> with a week to go in the season, we want to fire this guy? Are our expectations just a little too high on the north side of Chicago? <laughs> and, and it was awesome radio. You know what? And that was the caller. That was the caller, yeah. That was the I, caller. I remember in, uh, I think it was 1998. Rick, you remember this. You covered this game. So 1998, I was covering the Lightning. And remember the Steelers come to town, Bucks won. I, th- I want to say the score was like 16 to six or 16 to three or something like that. And Cordell Stewart cried. Remember that there was a, yeah. And he cried and people in Pittsburgh went bananas. And so they're just like so upset that uh, their quarterback's crying. Well, I happen to be in Pittsburgh covering the lightning. The lightning had a game. So I fly into town mm-hmm. on a Sunday cause they're, <clears throat> they're playing on a Monday and I'm listening to sport, getting a cab going from the airport to downtown and the guys have sports radio on. I said, how about the Steelers? He's like, oh, can you believe it? I can't believe it. And so a guy calls in, and talking about classic calls, a guy calls in. And the Steelers, were, I think at that point, dropped to 7-7. Seven and seven. Somehow were mathematically alive, but barely. They had like five games had to go a certain way over the next mm-hmm. two weeks for them to make it. And so the guy calls in. He goes, all right, let's go to you know, Steve from Bethel Park. And the guy gets on there. He goes, all right, let me tell you what's going to happen here with the Steelers. Okay. Uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna win next week, and then the other team, you know, and all these other scenarios gonna play out. So first round to the playoffs, they're gonna get Cleveland because I think Cleveland's in first place now, right? They they always play well in Cleveland. Okay, they win that game. They, the guy had them in the AFC Championship game. <laughs> they just got that. They scored three points in Tampa. The Bucks, you know, yeah. and the guy and the guy sitting there telling you about. Oh, they always play well in Cleveland. Let me tell you. And it, it, again, it was classic Pittsburgh radio. Now. If you're a Pittsburgher, you're cracking up listening to it. And you yeah. think this is great radio, but anywhere yeah. else, you would have been like, "Eh, this is dumb." You know, there's just certain pockets of America, you know, especially with football. But like talk radio, uh, and I still love radio. We don't do it right now, but and I love this format podcast because we don't have to be interrupted by commercial, um, which is nice. And we do long form stuff, but ah, I, well, it'd be nice much. if we had some commercials. But you know, yeah. Well, I'm not saying we shouldn't, but I'm just saying, um, Mr. Pillow, you can't get my pillow guy. Yeah, he advertises pillow. everybody, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I probably use a pillow right about now. <laughs> but um, you know, in Alabama, I can remember driving through and listening to the arguments, you know, between Alabama and Auburn, you know, all the time. Paul, and, and that's just yeah, it's right. <laughs> exactly. What was the woman's name? Gladys or some shit? Phyllis. Was her name? I Phyllis. That was it. Yeah. Phyllis. Phyllis. That was her name. Uh, hey, like, that's right. Look, I Feinbaum was on my station. I was his program director for over a year in Birmingham. When I got there, I did not get the show. Absolutely right. did not. But once you live right. there and and got engaged, it was it's a, it is the absolute prototypical perfect Alabama show. Uh, it's great, and they, they go back and forth, and they beat they beat Auburn and Alabama back and forth to death, oh. right? To like it, it's it is literally a, like a civil war in that state. Three hundred sixty five days a year too. It's hilarious. There's no relent. Like these people, it can be the middle of the off season. Like I, I was there, like for the Senior Bowl every year, you know, which is in yeah, yeah. February. Like there's no football in February. Like football got over, you know, January something, and and it's the middle of end of February, beginning of March, and these people are warring about recruiting and everything else. 
And um, but you just feel the passion, right? It's just the passion of that sport. And and Feinbaum's in the middle, and he's goading one side and then the other. And uh, and then they play the sound bites, you know. And you got Saban coming on there. I, you know, I'm trying I'm trying to win a football game. All right, all right. I'm running a program. All right, you guys out here. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. You guys out here. All right, don't I, understand what I'm trying to do. Okay, we're trying to win games. All right, and you want to ask me about the kicker. All right, I don't know what what's going to happen. Well, you know, it's just like, and it, and then then the Auburn guy calls it. I mean, it is, but it's the passion that 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 makes it right. And and you got you have good hosts, and I don't know how we got on the subject with Mike and Mike, but um, yeah, but I jumped. On, I asked you about Keyshawn. It was Keyshawn's good, but it was. Well, you asked I, about Keyshawn, but it was it was the New York shows. Like those guys are great. You know, big city. You know, the the and 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 Mike and Mike were comfortable. They were Applebee's. They were, you know, something that you would listen to and not necessarily, you know, get emotionally involved one way or the other with some of the things they were saying. With Keyshawn Johnson, just to go back to the original premise, I think he's. In fact, I know because I dealt with him a long time. He's really knowledgeable about all sports, and he's very opinionated. He's not going to try to hit the ball down the middle of the fairway. I don't know that everybody can play off of him, though. And so I think there needs to be the right chemistry. And I don't know how they put these guys together or what their histories are and, and whether they've done stuff together before or they rehearse this or whatnot. If I know ESPN, I mean, they've, they've done some dry runs with them. They would, yeah. I mean, and ESPN the, doesn't just put stuff to, on, on together. They, I mean, they do the work behind the scenes. I mean, he's a number of years now removed from his heyday. I mean, again, we're getting we're getting a little past the prime of people remembering who Keyshawn Johnson is. To have remembered him to play, um, you'd have to be in your thirties or mid thirties. You know what I mean? Because he hasn't played, you know, in, in twenty five years. Right. So that's difficult. But but does he know? You know, is he passionate? Does he understand a lot of sports? Does he? Can he? Can he? You know, and he'll say things. You know, like I remember they had him on uh, Sports Center. He'd come over, you know, from LA and do a Sports Center on you know weekends or whatever. And people were asking him about Des- Dak Prescott holding out, and he was while well, everybody was like, "Oh, I don't know, Dak Prescott." You know, they brought in they brought in uh, Andy Dalton, and and uh, you know he's there for a reason, and that's and he's like, "Man, Dak Prescott ain't he ain't gonna hold out? The guy's a quarterback." He said, "Yeah, but he doesn't have his contract." He's a quarterback. Quarterbacks don't hold out. What do you show me the guy who just decided and he was going on and on about like you don't understand that position, man. Like and and the guys were kind of looking at him like, "Really? You think you really think he's going to come in and play under the, you know, the franchise?" He goes, "Of course he's going to play. He's not going to miss any time." Like, "What do you And it turns out he's right. He is going to play. He won't miss a day. You know, but but like he understands the game, you know. He understands, you know, the emotions and the, and the negotiations. He understands the business. He's a good business guy, so I think he'll bring a lot. I just don't know that they're going to start. They're not going to be the franchise, and that's the thing. Like Mike and Mike was the franchise for ESPN. They were the anchor, right? They started everything off in the morning, and there was a time when they were doing Monday Night Football. They were doing all that stuff. They were doing Sports Center, Tom. Yeah, no, they were. But here's the thing. You talked about them knowing other sports. Like They need to know two sports. They need to know the NFL, and they need to know the NBA. And that's true. You can live off of that. That's you. true. And, and that's why Sean they have Jay Williams, an NBA guy yeah. and, and a football guy. Yeah. Right. And a little bit of college football. Right. And if, you, and if you could fake your way through the rest of it, whether it's 
a little bit of baseball or a little bit of Tiger Woods or a little bit mm-hmm. of, uh, um, well, college basketball, and Jay Williams knows that, then, then you're right. set. So. Yeah, no, I agree. So, I, I mean, I hope he does well. I'm surprised he's going to move all the way to Bristol or wherever he's going to live in Hartford or what have you, But because he's definitely an L.A. guy, and um, although he lived in New York for years. But um, congratulations to him. It's good for him. I haven't talked to him. I want to I want to see, uh, see I'm looking forward on. to it. It should be fun. Anyway, like I said, I didn't mean to. I, I, no, no. I'm fascinated by talk radio. I just love it, and I know Steve. Oh, I am too. And, yeah. Yeah, so. and we, we love doing it, and, and yeah. I still am a big consumer of it. So Not sure why you're um, not doing it now. Uh, well, I, <laughs> I am sure and it's, it was a really bad decision by somebody. I would love to do it again. Absolutely. Yeah. And the they know us? it. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So we, gotta, we could buy our own station somewhere, no? We should. We should. Can we get some, P- can we get some PPP funds for that? Is that? Does that qualify? I hope so. Everybody's getting it, right? <laughs> Tom Brady got it. TB12 <laughs> needed it. Somewhere between 350000 and a million anyway. Poor guy. Um, okay, so uh, I wanted to talk a little NFL real quick and get your thoughts on this, Tom, because while I'm kind of all in on baseball starting in eight or nine days, um, and I think it's going to, and I think it's going to work. I don't know why. I think it's going to work. I don't know about the NBA, and I don't know about hockey. I'm, I am really out there about football. Like I, dude, I don't know if these guys are going to get stuff together. They're supposed to come. Rookies are supposed to be in camp, July 21st, and veterans and everybody else July 28th. I looked at my calendar. That's like next week, right? So they haven't agreed up. on anything. By the way, they're going to have another conference call Wednesday. Mondays, I'm told, was just like complete disaster um here's the thing they can't decide and it seems pretty simple to me but you know what the opt-out clause is going to be for an at-risk guy you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and you know baseball went through this and and um, football has talked about not having anybody opt out the nfl and then players of course want it but let me read this to you because they're trying to decide if, if, if these players receive their salary, if they're compromised and they opt out, do they get credit towards next, you know, towards accrued season of benefits, all that. Okay. Um, what if the season stops, you know, do they get paid? So the league's June 7th memo. Okay. Which is not that long ago, about a month ago, listed the following considerations for high risk individuals. Tell me if this describes anyone in the NFL. African-American, Hispanic, or Pacific Islander. Body mass of over 28, sleep apnea, hypertension, altered immunity, diabetes, or cardiac disease. Man, you're that describes old... every single player in the NFL. <laughs> it seems like it, right? Like most of them have all of those, okay? Right. Particularly or if you're... Some off, of them, or most, or, or a lot or, of it. Or a bunch of them. I mean, if you check, you know, it's the old, you know, you go to the doctor and says, if you checked any of these boxes... Yes. <laughs> and you've checked about six of them. Mm-hmm. Seriously, I mean, I know players that eat their way to 300 pounds. Tom, there's not that many people that were born to be 300 pounds. No, and they stop if, playing and they immediately don't 
and they lose a hundred, they lose a person. They lose 125 tomorrow. Right. Um, this is the thing. And I keep coming back to this, like the body types, the contact, you know, it's kind of ridiculous. Like they had this thing the other day, you know, the Jersey swap is real big in the NFL, right? You know, Mm -hmm. after the game, I get Tom Jones, Tom Jones gets mine. I run off the field. They're like, no, no, no. You guys can't even shake hands. Don't, Obviously, we don't want to shake hands. You can't greet each other. And there's no jersey swaps. It's outlawed. So let me get this straight. We've just banged each other, sweat, blood, spit, in hand-to-hand mortal combat for three and a half hours. And you're afraid if I take a guy's jersey into the locker room? Really? Now, I'm not saying it's a good practice. Right. But it seems a little antithetical to say, hey, we want you to be safe. Just don't do the jersey swap thing this year. It, it, these rules, Rick, some of these rules, it almost seems like we just, we're making up a bunch of stuff just trying to figure out. They don't know. We're trying to figure out, like, what's, what'll work, what won't work, what's a good idea, what's a bad idea. I'm with you. You said something a couple of weeks ago. I was on the podcast, Rick, and I keep coming back to this. And you, you said, what if somebody dies? What if somebody dies from this? And, and look, to I get it's it. Not even, to me, it's not even a what if, Tom. I mean, statistically... Aren't we at the place now where we can safely safely we can say that out of 2000 players, right? Plus all the coaches, administrators and referees. Th- someone's going to get this disease and is going to be very seriously ill with it. And I and I know what people are saying right now saying, well, I mean the guy could get paralyzed tomorrow. We don't we don't stop the NFL get in a car accident. Guy get right. a car accident on the way to the game. Yeah. You know. Right. That's I think that's a silly argument. I don't. I, this is obviously the risk of getting COVID and having something happen to you is much higher than the odds of becoming. It's not like not wearing dying. your seatbelt. Like when's the last the time car. somebody died? Right. It's right. It's not. Right. But it's, and that's why I'm saying, and throughout all this, Rick, when we talk about anything COVID, and I don't want to get into a big political thing, but. I, this is the way I've approached life in a lot of ways. Like, what's the best thing that can happen? What's the worst thing that can happen? Mm-hmm. And we, I think all the plans that we have for sports are always best-case scenarios. Well, we'll test people. We'll do this. We'll put them in quarantine. Put them in a bubble. We'll test all the time. Okay, great. That's a, that's a way to get started. Mm-hmm. How do we finish? What, right. what if somebody tests negative or positive? What if somebody gets really sick? What if somebody mm-hmm. dies? Mm-hmm. Then what? And we're going to sit there and going to say, why do we do this? We're going to have a moment of silence. I I forget. Yeah. And then, and then play on. It's, I I think college football, I don't think there's any chance that happens. As of right now, I I don't think it happens at all. And and there are a lot, there are a lot of reasons why they're different than the NFL. But Rick, I'm with you. If I'm a player, if I'm an NFL player, and that's what all means going to come down to when we saw Donovan Smith talk about it. I mean, he got, by the way, mean Twitter exists for a bunch of idiots in a lot of ways. But the the you know the fan fan guy or fan person who will go on there and criticize Donovan Smith and say good riddance who needs him he's terrible anyway because he he dare say that I'm worried about infecting myself or my unborn child right seriously you, you tell got me a problem and with and a guy wanting to protect himself there's two thousand guys playing in the league he's not the only guy that's thinking that not no they're all no. thinking not I don't know if they're all thinking it a lot of them are thinking that. And it's a well, legitimate. If you're, not, if you're not, you you probably should be. It's a legitimate concern, and that's right. why I think when we get right down to it, I think there are going to be a lot of players at the last minute are going to be like, eh, I don't know. 
Oh, clearly they're going to have. But doesn't it seem like football would be that sport where more of them would say that than, say, baseball? Because there's been a dozen or so in baseball, right? And Mike Trout's on the fence and whatever. Right. And and you're right. When they get into this and, and teams are out of it after 30 games, you'll probably see more. But doesn't it feel like football has real risk? It like does. It feels like so it has real risk. The question I have, though, is how strong is the players' union? Rick, you know this more than I do. I mean, this is the one sport to me. It seems like the owners have more power than the, than the players do. Now, maybe that's changing, or maybe that will change this time around. But mm. um, but this is a sport where I mean, they still don't have you know guaranteed contracts. I mean, there are a lot of ways in which the league is geared towards ownership and not towards players. Well, I think the biggest thing is the renewable resource of players. I mean, the colleges right. are, are their minor leagues. They don't have to invest in, you know, in a system. I mean, we've had spring leagues pop up, right? And and for every player that doesn't, that opts out, there's 3,000 more that will take his job tomorrow. You know, probably 3 million more that want his job. Now, they may not be as good a player, but they're, it's, 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 an, it's a, a resource that is, uh, you know, that is so plentiful uh, and they have nothing invested in the resource, by the way. It's just there because the colleges pump them out um, that, you know, and the careers are so short. That's well, the advantage. Well, you just hit it right That's there. The, the, career, advantage. the careers that, are so short and yeah. the money is so good. That, right. I mean, I. That everybody are, wants to play and the owners know it. Right. And, and And they will. Look, and I've said this before in this podcast, this is a league. Okay, that during a strike year, fielded thirty at that time. I was thirty. Fielded thirty full rosters of football teams with scab players, and played three weeks of games. And when the strike ended, they counted them in the standings. Yeah, that's how that's how undeterred they were about a season. That right. guys cross picket lines and get, you know. Hurled stuff, hurled at them, and 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 all. They they put on the uniform, and the next day, they were the counterfeit bills, you know, or they're the counterfeit bucks or whatever. But they went out there, the scab bucks, b bucks, whatever you want to call them, and they played football, and they played three weeks, and then when the when the strike was finally over, they fired all those guys, and they counted those games in the counted the games. I think counted the games is a warning to players, like we'll do this again. Bro, we'll do it again, and 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 not only that, but when. When teams were going out there hiring these guys, they wanted them to take it so seriously that they told them in advance, hey, if you go 0-3, you're 0-3. If you're the Washington Redskins, and at the time Joe Gibbs had the best teams, and I don't think they won a game, it was like, yeah, too bad. You didn't take it seriously. You know what? The Bucks did. And the Bucks made the playoffs that year. Right. Um, but, yeah, they don't care. I mean, they really – they're going to play. You know what I'm saying? The owner's intent is to play. Make no mistake about that. Right. And I'm I'm just I don't know how I feel about it. You know, like I get I'd get anybody in any sport saying it it's just not this year, not now, not for me, not for my family. I mean, well, we're trying to figure out whether kids should go to school. That's a difficult decision for parents. At the time we're at the time we're taping this, um, Elena Deladon in the WNBA. I mean, she has Lyme disease or had Lyme disease. Right. She might be in some way compromised health-wise. Mm-hmm. Her personal doctor says, yeah, I think you are. The WNBA put together a panel of doctors who said, no, she's not compromised, which means, as like I said, as we're taping this, they may change, where she can't opt out or if she does, she doesn't get paid. 
And I'm thinking the whole time here, wait a minute. So what if she's forced to play? This is the MVP of the league, by the way. Forced to play because the doctors say if she doesn't, she doesn't get paid. And she plays and something really goes bad. That, you know, like I don't even want to speak about what could happen. Right. And I keep thinking, I keep coming back to that with the NFL is it's just going to take one guy getting really sick or God forbid dying. And I think Mm. we're going to look at and go, what were we doing? Why is it worth it? And this is, it's a sport, Rick, where, I mean, you're talking about more players than any other sport by far. You're talking about more personnel than any other sport by far. I mean, you're talking, what, what is a Bucks, a traveling party you know, on the side? What do they got, 100 people? Close to 100? Yeah, I mean, you can't, I mean, you you can't fill up a, an, entire, an entire plane. It's 100 and, 150 people sometimes. I mean, between front office people and, and like, just even, trainers. let's even say just the, only the essential people go. Players, coaches, trainers. Well, you got, 60, you got 60, 63 players. You have uh, 30 coaches, right? You, you've got uh, trainers, equipment people, uh, you know, front office staff. I mean, it's, it's PR. It's huge. I mean, you can get through a hockey team. Like, you can get hockey, like, under – I mean, you have 20 players, 20, 20 dress players, three, you know, three coaches, four coaches, uh, two or three equipment guys you can get by with, and a medical trainer. I mean, right. you can get under 30 if you really mm-hmm. worked at it. Football, 30, you barely – that's, that's barely your you offense, defense, and special teams. You can't, yeah, yeah, you can't practice. Yeah. So with that, with all the people in the NFL, and you talked about the, how many are compromised potentially or fit into mm-hmm. fit into uh, categories that make them perhaps susceptible to this. I just and, and the sport itself is there more. I mean, yeah, hockey there's hitting, basketball there's contact, but football the whole point is to hit somebody. Yeah. So well. Uh, it's coming up soon. We'll find out if they're going to go to training camp, if they get an agreement, and they, they pass these protocols. I think they will. I think um, – I'm not sure if there's going to be any preseason games. I'm not sure if this is – Well, that would be s- the one good thing. Yeah, well, it would be. I don't think there's going to be uh, – that the season might necessarily start on time because they have levers to pull and, and, and start a little bit later. The question is not going to be starting. It's going to be if they finish. And, and I think that's going to be the, the difficult thing to try to navigate. Like you said – if God forbid, you know somebody gets very sick, and and just what will the, what will the reaction be that for other players may see that and opt out, and you might have, um, you might have the union, you know, reconsider what they're doing. But um, I, I keep now, coming back to the line of like the Mike Tyson line: everybody's got a plan until they get hit. Yeah, to get in the mouth, you know. And I hate to make yeah. a joke out of it, but everybody has a good plan until. Everybody well, that's starts the thing. It's, it's real. It, it's it's complicated. Like when you talk to these people, they say for every one thing we decide, it creates three more problems. And I think I think it's one thing to start to figure out how you're going to start this. You know, here are all the protocols. Here's what we're going to do, and then people start getting sick. And now what? You know, and um, I, I think that just is is a different is a different set of, of questions. We've seen that you know Raymond James just going to a game. Tom is going to be different. You have to um, be in a parking lot, come in at different times depending on what gate you're in, uh, temperature checked. Uh, uh, you know the seats, uh, the, the the seat bottoms are going to be taken out of out of Raymond James so that people can't even uh, consider sitting you know close together. They have to be spaced. We'll find out more about that as the week goes on with respect to the capacity of Raymond James. It's unfortunate for them because they could sell out two stadiums right now with Tom Brady, um, but it's not going to happen. You know at least initially. So 
Anyway, uh, be be fun to find to find out what goes on there. What do you got going on at pointer.org? If you want to read Tom Jones's newsletter, he's at p o y n t e r dot org. Oh, you, you I, we're getting it's getting. <laughs> I don't know. I tell you, in, in a year from now, Rick, if Trump's in the White House, uh, if he's not in the White, I don't know what's more newsworthy at that point. It's it's. You can write about him every day. You can write about Kaylee McEnany every day. Uh, Tucker Carlson. A local girl, by the way. Yeah, yeah, local. Tampa girl. Uh, yeah, she's from uh, what Academy Holy Names, right? Mm-hmm. And married to a – is he still with the Rays, the guy? I'm not I, sure if he I is or not. I think he was. Yeah, I don't know if he is now or not. But uh, or not not the Rays, but like in their system or whatever. Yeah, the farm system, uh, yeah. But uh, but anyway, yeah, plenty, plenty, uh, plenty always going on with, uh, with that whole crew. <laughs> the political season, it's here. And uh, we're not that far away from the November elections as well. So it's going to, you know, check them out. Uh, Tom Jones, uh, five days a week, uh, org to read his newsletter. Tom, twice this week, always enjoyed having you. Like talking uh, radio and sports and everything else. So uh, have a good week, man. You too. Talk to you soon. Back and better than ever. There you go. See you, man. See you. Man, it's great to talk to Tom on uh, consecutive podcasts feel like I'm doing radio again, Steve. You should know all about that since you put us together. Uh, tomorrow we're going to have our popular mailbag segment, and you guys can uh, reach us by sending your questions to us on Twitter, at SportsDayTV. We're at SportsDayTV. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. Mailbag tomorrow on the podcast. For Steve Burstick, I am Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 